The following podcast contains language and themes that may offend. It was also recorded during that brief period when the football's on. You know, when it looked like England were doing really well and before they failed miserably at the end. So we apologise for any flashbacks of horror that may be caused. Hello and welcome to That Was The Week That Was Was It? The podcast that asks its guests how their week was last week. And that's about it, really. I'm Alex Sivright, and joining me as co-host for this episode is Emmy Weber. Hello, Emmy. Hello. How are you? Um, I'm good. Good. I'm I mean, you're, you're my wife, so I should know this, but it's been yeah, a while yeah. since we've been in the same room, so that's fine. Um, but that's the banter done. Thank you. Our guest for this episode has appeared frequently on Whose Lines It Anyway. He has his own podcast called The Smartest Man in the World and has also lent his voice to such things as Star Wars Episode One, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and he's even been the voice of Bob the Builder in America, which kind of makes him the American Neil Morrissey, I guess. Uh, it's an absolute honour to have him here. Greg Proops, how are you? I'm good, Alex. I'm good, Emmy. How are you? Grand. Yep. Uh, congratulations on the football win. We're waiting for Sunday. We're going to watch it here. Oh, yes. I know you don't care about football somehow. You're the only English person I've ever met, but there's a couple of you. I, I had to actually fake a um, football conversation with a food delivery driver. Really? He, he came to the door that night. It was like halfway through, half time. I didn't realize. And he went, oh, gripping, isn't it? I was like, yeah, it's really terrific. I don't, I, yeah, thanks. Bye. I was like, I was watching true crime videos on YouTube. I had no idea what was going on. You, uh, you <laughs> Philistine. <laughs> I lived there uh, in England for years, and that's where I developed a taste for it. Oh, yeah. And we would watch the Sunday that they used to show on Channel 4 the Italian ah. matches on Sunday, which were much funner than the British matches. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. If anything, just for the, the ad break with the guy going, go. I remember that. That's yeah. deep. In my mind, that is. Um, what team do you support, Greg? Uh, Farnborough. Oh, didn't expect that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, Greg, we've known each other for many, many years now. Uh, I mean, we first met in 2005, uh, that secluded underground art class. Do you remember? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the ICA was putting on a, well, I guess it, well, you, you might call it painting, but it was just sort of any kind of visual arts, really. It, it was. And yeah, our professor I mean, was so eclectic and weird. Uh, it's, it's impossible to forget. Yeah, I know. He, he liked to use fluids of any kind, didn't he, instead of just paint. I remember that. I remember making a um, uh, collage out of root beer. Yes. That uh, he, he thought was pretty creative. I, I thought it was casual. Yeah. <laughs> he just had it laying around. Just use what you've got. That's what yeah. he said. Yeah. That's what he said. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I had many, many years there, uh, enjoyed it, and I learned a lot from my time there and lost a lot of blood as well. Well, it, that was part of the, the process. It was uh, painful, but I think it rewarding in the end. Yeah. I've never been milked before for blood, but it, it, it got, he had a way of doing it. It was very good. Well, it was an ancient Mayan ritual, and I think you find that Mesoamericans have uh, done it for countless millennia. Yeah. Uh, me being a pasty Brit, I'm not quite sure about it. I can't. Mm. I, I need my blood. It's my colour, you know. Um, so anyway, let's get down to the meat of this. Let's do this. How was your week last week in general? It was awesome. Uh, Fantastic. So let's it, break it, it down. How, how was Monday? Monday was cool because I had to talk to the trade minister from Panama in the morning mm. and settle a, a serial dispute that they were having with Weedabix. Um 
then later that afternoon I had to, um, I had to feed my emus and one of them got loose in the neighborhood and oh, I had no. to call animal control and they didn't know what an emu was. And so uh -oh. I had oh. to, um, visually reconstruct an emu using um, straws to show them. That's tricky. Uh, so it was that was one Monday was crazy. Yeah. Sounds it. Uh, so what, what did you feed the emus on? Was it Weetabix or was that? That whatever they want, they're very, very vociferous and they, you know, they don't, they don't take a lot of stick. So mm. if, it, if an emu wants a cheeseburger, the emu gets a cheeseburger. Nice. Yeah. Who am I to say no to a gigantic flightless bird that can kick you to death? How many emus have you got now? Three emus, a cassowary, and two rias. <laughs> no, I haven't true. been bitten by an emu yet. I've been bitten by quite a lot of exotic birds, but not an emu. I wasn't allowed. Well, imagine Rod Hull, how he felt. Yeah. No, I was there when you were bitten by a flamingo. Yeah, flamingos don't usually bite. They just kind of sit like they have a sieve-like motion they do with their bill. Right. They just sort of, and then uh, that's the one. Yeah. So it's not as painful as it might be. No, no. They'll certainly drain all the silt off of you. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but did you get them all back? Did I get them all? Well, only one escaped. The others uh, formed a protective circle oh. around the Rhea and the cassowary. So it seemed to work out fairly well. Oh, I have been bitten by a Rhea. Yeah. But I, I draw the line at a cassowary. Like, I know what damage those guys can do they're very vicious they're a, a, a dangerous bird uh, honestly i had to the whole the local yeah. i got in trouble in my neighborhood because no one wanted me to have them um but eventually i convinced them by throwing an ice cream party mm. so huh. that'll do it yeah that'll do it yeah yeah that will do it um okay well that's fantastic so monday was emu filled um how was Tuesday? Uh, well, Friday I was in love. I know that. I know what Robert Smith's diary looks like. But t Tuesday, uh, Tuesday was nice. You know, we uh, there's an underground uh, canal near here in Venice, California, and we uh, oh, we we took a boat again. through the Hyacinth Garden, and so that was pretty exotic. Uh, yeah, oh, nice. and then we stopped nice. for uh, there's these fresh fruit stands all over Los Angeles, and. Uh, we stopped and had a pineapple. Ah, now pineapples. Who one? Pinier. Ah, now pineapples. I've heard they eat you from the inside. They can. Uh, the the ones. Yeah. So once you ingest one, it's a race against time, really, in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. Do you think anyone's ever died from eating a pineapple? I'm not sure. Mm. I'm having a slow metabolism. Well, yeah, your slow metabolism, and then it just eats them. The enzymes eat them from the inside before they can digest it, maybe. If you don't cut the top off, that's going to be pretty hard. Mm. I mean, I don't mean eat it whole. Because uh, gonna, it's spiky and you know, difficult to even get in your mouth, much less digest, yeah. That's true. They were considered good luck once upon a time. Were they? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why you see them all over London. Um, people have those statues of them and carvings and stuff of pineapples in front of their house. It was a real hot gift to bring in the 19th century. That's right. I seem to remember that um, there was something about a guy who brought them over for the first time, and that's why they are on a, oh, a certain bridge, I think, in London. I can't remember the one on top of that, I believe. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. which bridge, but you do you do see them in fancy stately homes and stuff out in front on the gate. There'll be a yeah. pineapple. Yeah, it's such a big deal then. 
you see them in a lot of shops like in Shoreditch and that they got I me mean, like the gold pineapples and stuff they, right yeah they sell those yeah i mean that would kill you if you tried eating that i'm pretty sure uh, no one's tried i don't to the best of my knowledge but you know there's more things on heaven and earth that's true that's true um so la i mean i i we're actually going to go to la i think next year uh it's on our to-do Which list well, we took the gamble and booked the flights. Well, yeah, so we are definitely going. Uh, so is there anywhere in particular you'd recommend we should go? Oh, well, yeah, uh, lots of places. Uh, LA is not nearly as, as bad as people make it out. It's pretty fun. Um, I mean, yeah, we have crime and stuff, but so does London. And uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, it's big and spread out, but so is London. And uh, the people are... Uh, shallow and indifferent, but so is London. So there's really, you can make that argument about anywhere, I guess. Um, I would send you to uh, several different burrito places, mm -hmm. which I think are totally worth visiting. The first thing you want to yeah, do cool. is go to a, a cannabis dispensary. The, the city is br brimming with them. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, get some pre-rolls. Um, they come in a tube like this. Well, you can't see it, but no. I could describe it. It's got a purple wrapper on it. They all have funny names and stuff like this one's called Atomic Apple. Mm. And um, then you, uh, I would say, burn one of those. Uh, be careful, though, because you're English, so you don't do it all at once. <laughs> you want Don't test the limits of your tolerance and end up a gibbering puddle like people in Amsterdam yeah. drinking out of the canal. You don't want to do that when you're in L.A. lost as well. You could end up anywhere. And yeah, I know. No. Well, you'll have a GPS in your rental car and stuff. You'll have to get a car, first of all, because there's no doing it without a car. Um, and then uh, I would go to, uh, after the cannabis dispensary, there's a uh, Morisco Jalisco, it's called, and it's a seafood taco stand. Nice. There's a bunch of them downtown, but there's a truck that parks down uh, on La Cienega, and, uh, which means the swamp. <laughs> um, but it's a main drag. La Cienega is a main drag in the middle of one part of L.A. There's a lots oh. of main drags. Sunset, what you've heard of Sunset mm -hmm. Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, and uh, it's a no frills, you know, um, but the tacos are to die, right? Like they're shrimp tacos, they're deep fried, so they're full of shrimp. Wow. Then they give you a side of avocado and lime. You Basically, you get half an avocado and a lime wow. and then all the sauce that has seafood in it and you dip the taco in the sauce and it, and then have like a Mexican soda or something with it, like a, a grapefruit or, you know, one of their fun flavors that they do mm. on them. Uh, it's a really fun lunch. You eat it in your car. Or you bring it back to your crib. Yeah. Uh, there's no tables or anything. Like I said, there's, there's not, although the, I think the downtown one has tables. Well, mind you, no one's been inside at a restaurant for a year and a half here. So, of course. Yeah. I think by the time you come, you'll be able to go in and sit down. Well, hoping so. So I would go there. Yeah. And then um, out in Malibu, um, which you've heard of because of the movies. Yep. I would drive out there. It's a fun drive. And there's lots of fun restaurants by the sea mm -hmm. to eat at. There's a Malibu Pier, which is really pretty. It's from the 20s when Malibu was like, you know, where movie stars went to kill each other and stuff. And then there's a, a museum out there called the Getty Villa. And the evil, evil billionaire Getty, this was his vanity project because he thought he was Tiberius, was it? 
because uh, all all billionaires are psychopaths, and they all think that because they're really rich, they they're important, or that their lives have meaning, or something. I I don't know how it works, but money evidently makes you. So anyway, he thought he was Tiberius. To make a long story short, and because he had more money than God, he bought this unbelievable piece of property that's up on a cliff mm. in Malibu that only view is the Pacific Ocean and the woods and built an enormous museum full of Greek and Roman antiquities. Wow. Wow. There's an outdoor amphitheater there. There's a gift shop. There's a snack bar. You can have a glass of wine. And who knows if any of these are authentic because he was crazy and he just paid for anything. It's all crooked. Museum business is like, you know, the Olympics. It's completely crooked. Yep. And so, uh, but it's a beautiful place to have an afternoon. Nice. You know? Yeah. Because you see, there's an outdoor part with the statues and everything, and you can see the sea, and then you can have a glass of wine, and then drive down into Malibu Village, and there's a Greek restaurant, and a burger stand, and, you know, Fred Siegel and the whole enchilada. Fred Siegel's a famous department store in Los Angeles, and it's always fun to visit. And then there's a seafood stand there, too, in, the, in Malibu Village that's, uh, totally worth going to like lobster rolls and you know nice nice right california is all about the wine and the seafood and the dope and the cheese yeah, and the bread yeah. you know i'm just i'm so <laughs> glad i'm recording this so i can go back and say do that do that, do that. <laughs> this is this is what we do here the, the advantage of the west coast is uh from here uh, la all the way up to canada vancouver it's all weed, wine, cheese, bread, oh. artisanal, this, that, this. So, like, you don't have to eat anything bad if you don't want to. If you want to go to McDonald's, you can go. Yeah. Uh, and not that McDonald's is that bad. The fries are awesome. Yeah. But in the, also in L.A., there's a chain called In-N-Out, and it's a real Angelino thing. And it, it, they don't even have franchises around the country. I think it's just mostly here. Mm. Um, there's, like, one in San Francisco. And uh, you get the uh, – it, it's a drive through but you can sit down inside too. It, really clean, and everyone who works there gets paid a decent wage, and they have rotating hours and stuff. So it's a, a fast food place where they treat the employees right. That's good. And all of it's made mm -hmm. right there. Like they're chopping the tomatoes. They're washing the lettuce. You know what I mean? It's not – anything's mm. frozen. It's like a – so they cook it when you ask for it. So it takes five, ten minutes, sometimes an hour because mm -hmm. the line is huge. Nice. Everybody goes there. And Jennifer and I stopped there uh, on our way. We went to Palm Springs like a month ago because we hadn't been anywhere in a year. We stayed at a friend's house. Anyway, uh, on the way back, we stopped at the In-N-Out because it's what you do on a Sunday afternoon. And um, we had like two burgers, fries, milkshakes, whatever. It was like $13. Wow. So it's – oh, I know where we stopped. There's an In-N-Out University there. I swear, I can't remember the name of the town, but it's between here and Palm Springs. <laughs> yeah, there's a university. Uh, and so, in, in and out place. university. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's where they train everybody. Okay, right, uh, okay. Do you get a diploma? And then there's and... like a, yeah, then there's a, a, a gift shop there too. I didn't go in. I just went and got the burgers, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the shakes are really good. And then this is the trick of in and out they have like a double double, which is two patties, right? Mm -hmm. But you can go off menu at this place. There's what they call a secret menu. So like, if you go to the in and out you can say, I want a grilled cheese sandwich. It's not on the menu, but they'll make you one. Yeah. And then you can go, I want a four by four. That's four patties, five by five, five patties. They'll do whatever. They just keep stacking them up. And then if you want something animal, that means it's suffused with mustard and onions and grilled. 
So if you say, I want fries, but I want animal fries, then all of a sudden on top of your fries is this giant thing of grilled wow, onions. Oh, okay. we got to go there then. Definitely. So it's not on the menu, but it's secret. Yeah. And, anim- and protein means I don't want the bun, which of course you want the bun. But yeah. it, people in LA think bread was, is deadly. So uh, they wrap the hamburger in lettuce. Oh, okay. That's creative. That's good. And it's messier than you could possibly even dream I bet, of. It's I even bet. more messy than eating it with the bun on. I bet. I do like the secret menu type thing. We don't get that. Right? We don't get that so often over here. I mean, there's rumors no. about it. The closest I had was a cafe uh, opposite where I used to work. And I used to go in and say, can I have, you know, uh, it was a, a sandwich with egg, bacon, mushrooms, and sausage. Wow. And that was the sandwich. And I always ask, yeah, that's that every time. It turns out after about two months of doing this, uh, or about three months actually, um, they said, look, can you stop ordering that? It pisses us off. Because you keep doing something that we don't do, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> why they? Why not? Why not just do it? That's the thing. That's a, a joke. Eh? I know they were getting annoyed, right? That's what I think is funny about so England. It's like uh, at once, um, Faulty Towers is a documentary, and uh, <laughs> yeah. at the other hand, they they can be so nice and accommodating about everything. I find that it's almost directly. Uh, inversely proportional to the amount of English people in the equation. And you'll, you'll forgive my assessment. Um, when you're dealing with Europeans or uh, people from Africa, or Asia, uh, they tend to be really nice and cordial. And English people tend to be a little bit short about having to do stuff. Like if you go like, do you have any crisps? And the crisps are like three feet away from them. <laughs> they'll be like, I don't want to make that epic journey to get you crisps. So the answer is no. Whereas yes. someone from Spain will go, yes, we have many different kinds. Let me just go get them for you, shall I? And yes. that's the difference, I think. is And, and hand feed you each one. No, we're, we're useless over here. We really are uh, pretty <laughs> it's useless. More than your job's worth. No, nope, it's all yeah. job's worth. We'll not go above and beyond. Yeah, it's a, yeah. And I think that's why Brexit was the stupidest thing, of course, in the history of England, but also, uh, yes. and the most fascist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, not just that, the... Uh, you know, the in London, it's if you go to places where it's always French people or Portuguese people or whatever, you always have a good time and good food. And then, for yeah. instance, and this is just—I know I'm a 60-year-old comic, but this is still, I think, a, a worthwhile gripe. I ask for iced tea, and as you know, in England, that hasn't been invented yet. Yep. And it's no. a. It's it's easy to make because you make tea and then you put ice in it yeah. and that's pretty much the whole program. In <laughs> fact, the ingredients are listed. So I'll go into a restaurant, even a fancy place, and say, "Can you know, I'll have the fish, I'll have whatever, and then can I have a nice tea, please?" And they'll go, "We don't have iced tea." Mm. And I'll say, "Well, um, will you make me a pot of tea and bring me a glass of ice?" And they'll go, "Okay, we can do that." And then so then I'll make the tea and then pour it into the ice, and everybody's like, "What?" <laughs> that's how it works and you're like <laughs> yeah. yeah that's how it works and uh, but much. why say no why I mean, say we, we do, don't have it uh, exactly we do have iced tea yeah. we do have iced tea to be fair but it's flavored it's always peach oh, or no, no, no. Lemon. we can't get the standard yeah. right so yeah. and another thing you can do and well you can do it in london is you take a great big jar uh, that you know half gallon gallon or leader if now that you're no longer part of Europe, I guess you can call it whatever you like. Uh, yeah. And um, put a bunch of tea bags in the t- fill it with water. Put the tea bags in. Leave the strings 
hanging over the edge and screw the topic on and set it outside all day if it's a sunny day. And then late Ooh. that afternoon as the sun descends, go get it and it'll have made what we call sun tea. Oh. oh. And you get a big bag of ice and you pour yourself a big glass of ice and pour that tea into it with a bunch of lemon and sugar and... I mean, you're off to the races. The thing about <laughs> English people is that we are so particular about how you make a cup of tea. So doing right. that would probably just blow minds. I think so. Right? It would totally. Yeah. <laughs> you, you listed the two drinks that I always have when when I go to America is um, sweet iced tea and root beer mm. because we don't really get root beer yeah. here unless you know where to nah. look. You guys don't do big root beer. Mm-mm. No. Um, oh, we went to true. Canada. We went to Canada uh, two years ago. It's all sweet iced tea in Canada. Yeah, but no, um, we, we struggled to find anything. Uh, well, actually, we struggled to find iced tea, didn't we? We got we had, no. They, they, but yeah, where we went, they still had the fruit flavors. They didn't have yeah. like just a s- sweet iced tea that I can't even remember what it is. Is it something Peaks or something that you get in America? I just know what the bottle looks like, and I just go for it. Yeah, the Lipton ones. And in Canada, uh, they can be very Scottish in their attitude towards service, too. And a lot of places just give up and serve you the crappy bottled iced tea rather than make brew the tea, Mm. uh, which is, it's really, really not a difficult process. It's easier than you can imagine. And um, yeah, no, I know how to make an English cup of tea. Uh, Good. You know, you, you you put the black, you use PG chips or a good old brand roses, you don't get too mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. and uh three or four minutes and then milk and sugar mm-hmm. okay okay that's how english people like it well i mean i was with you till the sugar part you were with i mean i don't taste sugar in my tea but emily you have you have three sugars in your tea don't you? i have three nice yeah yeah i like it i like it. i at least have one uh, and then maybe some mcvitties uh wheat meal choco biscuits with it or something and at three mm. in the morning, when everyone's completely drunk, if you crack out tea and Bickies, everyone loves it and still does it anyway. Even hardened drug addicts oh, yeah. will stop what they're doing yep. and have tea and Bicky with you. That's because it's just an English yeah. thing. I swear to you, if you were with, you could be booting heroin in your eyeball. If you cracked out tea and biscuits, everyone would be like, wait up. Mm-hmm. Did you say bourbon creams? You know, like people. <laughs> That's how English people are. So I like that part. Yeah. I always thought tea was a the most awesome uh, British invention. You don't do coffee breaks and you don't do, you know, all these other things like oh. iced tea, but you will stop and have tea and biscuits. I remember working on a TV show in the 90s and the, we just stopped at four. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this production stopped. We stopped yeah. shooting and everybody went over and got a bourbon cream and we all had a cup of tea and then we... <laughs> <laughs> and then at 4.20 or 4.30, we'd resume, and that was that. And it was like, this is awesome, because in America, I assure you, nothing <laughs> stops for a tea break no, at, any, no, at any point. No, definitely not. So, no, we're, we wrap it away here. Uh, so Yeah, no, tea is an important part of being English. every occasion. Um, and it's the only one I really stand by. Yeah, it's the only one I, I, I stand by. I, I agree with you. I, I, I think it's substantial. And the, uh, even though you have good coffee now, um mm. Or better mm. than you did. I mean, like in the old days, oh my goodness. When I first went there 34 years ago or whatever, there was no Starbucks or anything like that. There was a couple of McDonald's no. and Burger Kings, but they weren't doing coffee yet. And um, yeah, in order to get a cup of coffee, you had to kind of go to a specialty coffee store 
or a, what's that yeah. tea shop called? Whit, Whit, Whitfield, Whitty's. Whitards. Yeah. I used to buy my mother tins of like victory tea there and stuff and send them back because they do those campy. You're, we're going to win the war with Virulin tins of tea and stuff. And, mm. you know, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, they so, still do. But uh, they would, they would have <laughs> coffee too, as I recall, even though they were a tea shop. Yeah. So you'd go to someplace like that yeah. and then get your, make it at home with the French press or whatever because it was so ropey. And then when the coffee chain started, then you got cost of coffee and all that. And, you know, everything got, improved mm-hmm. i mean out of the boycott of italian goods i never understood like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You> need- <laughs> yeah. It's true. i you mean we have uh, on our high street we have a um do you have costa coffee you do have costa don't you i don't think in america do they? No, I don't no, know. but I've, I have no. it when I go to Heathrow, you know, like when we get off ah, the plane, yeah, well, if we've been flying all night and we get in early in the morning, my wife and I'll get a couple of Costa coffees, and some, yeah, some yeah. of their terrible rolls and, you know, yes, get it on. Well, on our high street, <laughs> they've got a shop that has a uh, Costa Express inside it. It's like a tiny little help yourself, make your own Costa coffee type thing. And they actually opened up a massive Costa next door to this place uh and so it's like if there's a bit of a queue on either one you can go well, i can just make my own or i can go get something a bit special right. um it's weird though yeah there's a costa coffee inside of a costa coffee like it's it's yeah yeah it's like a babushka it's, shop thing. it's best it's it's something that i approve of like tea being in i i think every country should stop at four o'clock and have tea i i couldn't agree more with that but i also uh, it, it swept the world. Like now, almost every hotel you go to or office building will have a coffee stand, and that, that's made the world better. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> There's a couple agree. things that made the world better, right? Like AGMs, you know, <laughs> air conditioning, tea, tea, coffee, tea and coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's that time again for the thing I wish I never started at the beginning of this whole podcast thing. It's this feature's intro music was produced after the recording of this podcast. Here it is. What am I doing on a show like this when I've got Strictly Come Dancing? So what did you think of that piece of music? I thought it was moving. It started slow, but then it it was so profound. Yeah. I also liked how it rhymed. Yeah. And uh, there was interior rhymes and... uh, uh, also, the meter it was in was just unforgettable. I tried. Syn- syncopated. Yeah, I did yeah. try. I did try. Was there any, anything you can pinpoint that you really, really liked? I think the repetitive chorus that was sung full tilt boogie was, uh, I think, was, was the hook that caught me. Yes. Yeah, I did. I did try that. Uh, Emmy, was there anything that you enjoyed? Um, yeah, the scatting in okay. it, which was very much how I f- felt was like Bruce Forsyth scatting. Oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's 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 the that's what it conjured for me. Yeah, bless his soul. Brucey. Yeah. God, yeah. God bless his soul. Um when he went through that scatting phase. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Just bef- yeah. just in between generation game and uh player card right cards right. I remember that, yeah. 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 
people thought he was having a fit. No, he was scatting. No. He was. Scatting. Yeah. Um, and was there anything, <laughs> anything you didn't like about it? Uh, I thought a different artist could have done it. Oh, okay. Well, I was this done before beatboxing became a skill? What with me? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it seems yeah. like when people first discovered beatboxing, yeah. and yeah, because I, I still haven't mastered it, as you can probably tell. Mm. Um, but yeah, I did, I did try my best to beatbox over the top of that. But mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, it wasn't quite my. Keep going. Yeah, I'll keep trying. I will keep trying. Well, thank you, uh, thank you very much for that. Um, that's marvelous. Um, so Wednesday, Greg, what did you get up to on Wednesday? Well, there was a delegation in. Uh, uh, from Alberta, and uh, I had to show them around. Um, they were here on, I guess, a trade thing or something. That I think LA and Alberta have recognized each other's entities and uh, oh, okay. as sovereign nations, I guess, because we were thinking about breaking off here in, in California um, during the worst of the pandemic when uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the country was acting pretty kooky and having mm. like bike rallies. Um, like you may remember last 4th of July, this 4th of July was quite nice. Here in LA, 4th of July is like, uh, it's like being in um, Central America in the 80s. It's just nonstop rockets, right? I mean, yeah, you, yeah. You, if you go on Twitter and look up LA fireworks during 4th of July, they do aerial views of the city and it's mm-hmm. just... I imagine it sounded kind of like England uh, did uh, the other night when we won the football because there was just fireworks yeah, no going kidding. off. Yeah, fireworks going off left, right and centre. In between... Like before that, all you could hear was people going, no, come on. Um, but <laughs> I, I guess the 4th of July in Los Angeles doesn't have that. Yeah, come on. No, it just seems to be more like, also this year, people were extra special, uh, crazy. But uh, uh, yeah, last year, uh, Orange, I hate to even bring him up, but 45 went to Mount Rushmore and they had a fireworks mm. thing. Oh, yeah. Which is one again against the law because you're not supposed to set off fireworks in a national park because you can yeah. destroy the park. And secondly, Mount Rushmore is one of the most vile places in the United States. It was a sacred Indian We've mountain been. and they literally took a sacred Indian yeah. mountain that they knew was mm-hmm. sacred and knocked it down and put up a bunch of slave owners faces mm-hmm. on it. And uh, the, the Indians have never been happy about it. And I just, I went there a couple of years ago because we did a gig right yeah. near there in South Dakota or North Dakota or wherever the fuck it is, South Dakota. So we drove over to see it and I was just like, oh my God, it's so awful. It mm. is just really, it, truly awful. It's, it's a lot smaller than I thought it was. It was a lot smaller than I thought it'd be. I don't know why. Well, you, it's because you're 10 miles away from it too, you know. <laughs> oh, so it okay. So it was just far away. All right. Okay. <laughs> but, we went to Crazy Horse though. Crazy Horse was impressive. Yeah, isn't that the same? Is it the same uh, uh, Nazi Gustav Borglum or whatever his name was? Or is it? It's a different guy that did Crazy Horse, isn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, Crazy Horse is um, by I think native. Um, well, by by all means, there should be a Crazy person. Horse monument. That's never going to be finished, by the way. And uh, no, no, no. Uh, because Crazy no, Horse was a great American, and uh, uh, mm-hmm. Washington and Jefferson, we can argue till the cows come home. Lincoln, I think mm-hmm. you have to come down and say he was probably a decent bloke. He had his problems, 
And then who's the other one? Theodore yeah. Roosevelt. Okay. All right. Mm. Yeah. That's mm. wild. Right. Um, yeah. It's just probably my least favorite tourist thing I've ever, Oh no, the Alamo. Ah, the Alamo yeah. is the other, what, what we were talking about bad things when we should be talking about the positives, I suppose, but the Alamo is the same thing. It's yeah. literally a monument to slave owning. I'm glad you remembered the Alamo though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, people, you t- people tend to forget it, but the, I think the idea is to remember the Alamo. Um, It's an awful place. Uh, They fought the uh, Mexicans for two weeks um, in order that they could keep their slaves. Uh. And uh, Mexico didn't allow slavery, and that's what Texas was really, really worried about, that they were going to lose their slaves. So that whole they were fighting for freedom thing is like. (laughs) Quite the opposite by the sounds of it. Yeah. No. Yeah, and then there's a yeah. big sign. I, I went because we did a gig in San Antonio, mm. and uh, I was walking down the street, and I was like, mm. "The Alamo." I just remembered it, <laughs> and uh, I went over, and it's, you know, there's a. I didn't take the tour because I just wanted, didn't want to throw up. But that, there's a giant picture of Bowie, G- James Bowie, and it says underneath mm. it, "Bowie this way" or whatever. And I'm like, "This is the worst Bowie exhibit I've ever seen <laughs> in my life." Yeah, not the not the right Bowie, right? I've seen Bowie and he's really awesome. And this Bowie was just terrible. Mm, like a bad tribute band. <laughs> I mean, by the way, his slave was one of the survivors. He brought his slave with oh. him. And his, his slave is one of the people who told the story of the Alamo because Jim Bowie's slave lived. That'll give you an idea of the kind of freedom they were fighting for. So anyways, uh, but having said that, San Antonio is great fun and, and the Mexican food is to die. So hmm. Swings and roundabouts then. I'm a big fan of chilaquiles at breakfast or that's another thing I would do if I was in LA with you or if you were in LA, what I would do, what you should do if I were telling you what to do. Okay. LA, so wait, it, is if, go get huevos mm-hmm. rancheros for breakfast. Right. I would do that. It's a tur- It's a crispy tortilla with beans on mm. it and then mm-hmm. an egg on top of oh, it my. and chilies. Oh, sounds great. Yeah. And it's really, if you're hungover, it's just yeah, like, yeah. What's what, What's that thing you really like, Emmy? That you added that Seven Eleven. Oh yeah. Well, um, so I I'm uh, I enjoy four twenty, and um, in Canada, like, like you were kind of because it was very new in Alberta that they'd um, changed the rules on that, and still for foreigners there was I think there were certain things I could and couldn't do, um, but I had a load of THC and um, ended up at 7-Eleven and discovered taquitos for the first time in the 7-Eleven. Taquitos. I got addicted to taquitos <laughs> the 7-Eleven side, which are probably nothing like <laughs> actual real ones. But yeah, I, I found myself there. And also having my first Slurpee as well, which is just pure sugar, which it was, was a big moment. It was, it was, <laughs> there's a whole revelation that night. Yeah, we all grew up on uh, uh, Slurpees, and um, there was another fast, uh, another chain store, dime store, whatever, convenience store in the old days. can't remember the name of it. Circle K or something. You know, there's a bunch of different yeah. ones. And I think theirs was called a slushie, mm. but it was always the same properties. They were purple and green and red and blue and, and uh, that same weird consistency, that chemical, just fantastic. Mm. When you're little, like, you know, that was you had to go get those. Yeah, we had slush puppies. That was what we had. But they're not. They're not slush as good. Puppies. They're not as. Sl- no, it's good. They're just like they're, they're, feeble. They're, they're, as a slurpee, no, no slurpees. No, they don't give enough flavor in them. They're really English about the generosity of how much sugar they give. Right. 
it's kind of an endless slurpy situation <laughs> um so uh i've forgotten what you did on wednesday now you said something about uh what was it <laughs> i was meeting that trade delegation that was from Alberta, it. and then we didn't really co- we didn't come to any conclusions oh, yeah. uh, a waste of a day uh, i think they're gonna start doing roller derby now oh that's good that's something that's something right yeah have you ever partaken in roller derby greg an accomplishment I uh, I used to uh, I taught a kind of a weekend class. It was sort of a roller ball slash roller derby. Oh, you know we didn't we didn't play to the death because um, that's a very poor business model. Yeah, they changed that, didn't they? Late seventies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing in the rollerball is they keep changing the rules till the last match. Everybody dies, and you think, well, this is a very. I'm not certain where the where this leads. <laughs> as a sport when you no. kill everyone on the team no and then it became roller derby which um yeah right. it's, a, it's a lot better for everyone else isn't it it's a lot more healthier i think <laughs> yeah. they could do that at the um the stampede in calgary instead of the chuck wagons they could do roller de- roller death derby i'd watch that right yeah I th- if you put the cowboys on skates i think you give the animals a fighting chance yes oh. yeah same thing with matadors in Spain. Right. Put them on roller skates. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'd watch that because I think you know the uh, they'd have a better the bulls would have a better chance. I think definitely that m- more of a sporting chance, certainly. I think so. I think so. Um, well, so Thursday, Greg, how was that? Uh, Thursday, I just slept. I think. Mm, me too. I did that as well. Strange day, Thursday. Right, I just rested on that one. Yeah. You get to a point where Sunday is not close enough to be the day of rest. You need to have Thursday as well. That's what I found. But your Monday to Wednesday was so hectic. It was. It was hectic for him. I'm not that big of a go-getter, but it just turned out to be a crazy week. Yeah, it happens. But Thursday, you recharged. That's the important thing. Um, Yeah, I did a home spa. I, I... I braised some. Uh, uh, I braised this lamb that I had over uh, lava, and we had lava braised lamb. Very um, nice, very nice. It was, yeah, so it was a, bit, it was a peaceful day. You know? Yeah, yeah. Did you sleep on the lamb? Because I would. I'd get on that exotic and just sleep on that lamb. If that's a euphemism, the answer is yes. I'm not a huge fan of lamb. I've got to be honest with you. You don't like football, and you don't like lamb. Wow. But you would sleep on it. It's really cards on the table time. No, no. I'm a terrible Englishman. I really am. He doesn't like steak. I don't like steak. He doesn't I don't like, steak like steak either. Why would it steak do to you? Um, I can't eat it properly. That sounds weird, but I seem to be chewing forever. Every steak I've had, I just chew and chew. Then my jaw hurts. And what's the point? It needs to be rarer. Mm. I would I would get a... a little softer cut, like a filet mignon or whatever, like a little six-ouncer. Mm. You can put it in a skillet with butter. Yeah. And, you know, I would go medium rare, a point, was the French say. And it does be more tender. I think whatever you're eating is probably not. And then you yeah. might want to put a little sauce on it or something. I, I don't mean HP sauce, but, you know, Biernais or something. Even just oh, some butter. Would really go, really go posh on it. That's yeah. what you're saying. And then you know, mm. make a little salad and some iced tea, and 
Mm. It's, a, it's a lot of work, though, isn't it? It's a lot of work. Oh, look at you. Everything has to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. That's why I can't eat it, because it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just find myself chewing for ages. Well, just go to Five and... Guys and get a burger. Oh, do you know how expensive Five Guys are in England? Yes. I've eaten it yes. many <laughs> we, we did a gig at the... Um, I can't think of the theater. Not the Adelphi. Oh, the Palladium, I guess it was. And there's a Five Guys next door to it. So when yes. we finished now, the that, show there. Was that the was that the Whose Lines Anyway one? Yeah, we did it like four or five years ago. That was yeah. great. And uh, uh, Colin and me and Brad and Jeff and Josie, I think. Mm. And Linda and Laura yeah. and the other guy. And um, there was a Five Guys next door. And so... I'd finished the show and then we'd get dressed or, or put on our street clothes or whatever. And then I'd go to the five guys and get a burger and nobody yeah. bothered me. It was great. And th the music's a little loud. Mm, I haven't been to that one there. It's too expensive. I can't get in. But I. Well, there's I one in Edinburgh too. And I found myself uh, there eating it late at night. They tend to be open late at night. That's the awesome thing about them. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that Who's Lines show. Um, that you did. Uh, it was, I think. Thank you. Did I get you tickets? For yeah, that? I think you did. Chip Eston was on the one I saw because I think he did a couple, didn't he? Or did I imagine yes. that? Yes, yes. No, no, but, he came by. He because um, Chip is hilariously forgetful, and <laughs> I've seen him uh, at that gig. He uh, stole the key from his dressing room from the theater. You're supposed to tr give the key into. There's a guy who works the door there, and nice. you, you're it, fantastically. When you came in, they go, "Oh, hello," and you go, "Hey, Nige," or whatever, and he'd take your key off the thing and give it to you. So at the end of the night, you're supposed to give him the key back. Mm. And Chip failed to do that. He also stole an umbrella, I think, from the, the theater as well. Nice. So when he was leaving, which was the middle of the night, we were having a drink at the hotel. He's like, I got to go. I'm getting on a plane. He was going to Frankfurt or something. And he goes, Greg, will you take the key and the umbrella back? And I'm like, you just never, ever uh, change. I'm like, you knew you were supposed to hand that key in. One time we were flying to a gig and he had his guitar case with him, right? Because he's a country singer. Yeah. He's a kind of a famous country singer now because he's on the show called Nashville for about five years. And uh, mm. uh, so he brought his axe with him, right? Opens up the guitar case. And there's no guitar in it. He's taken an empty oh. guitar case. We're not, by the way, he's not playing guitar at our gig. He's just brought it for his own amusement to work on his music. Yeah. But he forgot it. Oh. Then he sits down next to me because we always sat next to each other on the plane. Opens up his glasses case to read. And there's no glasses. <laughs> in and at that point, literally all of us fell over laughing because it was just wow. the hits just kept coming. Amazing. I mean, it's one thing to forget your guitar. Yeah, and it's, but it's another to like, you know. That's quite impressive. He's a father of three, by the way. That, does he know? Uh, it was five, yeah. but <laughs> right, there was Not five, but he misplaced two of them. He left them both at <laughs> yeah. an airport. They're gone. Well, one of them is wearing his glasses. If one's got his guitar, yeah. <laughs> he left it. He left a computer with me once, and he didn't pick it up for like a month. Um. I think he's left a power cord at almost every gig we've ever done, either at the hotel or the gig. What is wrong with this man? <laughs> he's enormously talented. He's a wonderful yeah. comic and singer. He's just uh, completely forgetful. Oh, man. And I'm the one who's high all the time. He's never high, and I'm the one who I managed to 
I lose things occasionally, but not that often. Mm. I've left a power cord here and there, but yeah, well, it's probably I, I, I mean, there's there's misplacing something, but then there's forgetting it completely. That's quite impressive, right? I left a spanner in Alex's carry-on yeah. bag, and he got at the airport set off the the alarm, and mm-hmm. uh, they're going through his stuff, and then this huge, just rusty old heavy spanner that I don't know yeah. how that you used to kill people with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's gone now, yeah. thanks, Alex. But yeah, well, the evidence had to go. They they confiscated it, did they? They did. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? Because I didn't know it was there. And I'd never seen it before in my life. I was like, that's absolutely fine. Don't worry about that. <laughs> right. I've gotten the business at Heathrow once or twice. Uh, mostly they're nice and you get through quickly, but I've had them shake me down and literally t- take every single item out of my stuff mm. and, you know, and make you turn your phone on, make you take batteries out, everything, like really, really scrutinize. And of course, you know, I just, you have to be, you have to comply. Otherwise you'll never get out of there. No, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's um, so I never backsess. No, I always get a ten, I mean, I, I never have anything that's you know, incriminating. I'm an, I'm a, I'm a good guy, me. Uh, but there is an element when I come back into England and you have to go through the nothing to declare part. There is part of me that's like, am I going to get through this this time? Am I actually going to, are they going to stop me? But they never man those anymore, though. No. There's never, I never see any personnel at the nothing to declare line. One board cop, you know, yeah, just, fucking yeah. just jumping out and say, You, what have you got? The red line, yeah, the something to the blue, the something to declare line, they do. I mean, but coming to the border, it was bad before. I really don't know what it's going to be like mm-hmm. now because I'm always on a work uh, visa, and uh, they. Even though it's on a computer, right? It's it's uh, basically an electronic visa. I get pulled over, and uh, it's so English. Of course, the customs people are always stopping everyone from Africa. Mm-hmm. So I end up on that bench where you see all the African people, because England's that way, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and. Um, they make me sit there for 20 minutes while they round up this electronic thing. And then somehow I go call back to the stand and then they let me in. Meanwhile, my wife has uh, that fast thingy that you can do. Oh yeah. So she breezes through and she's sitting there on the luggage when I get there. (laughs) Um, So I have no idea what it's going to be like now. Yeah. I don't even what it's going to be like. No, I I can't imagine either. If now I have, will it, it will take me like a year to get through because if I'm going to work, it's like, it was bad before. Maybe it'll be fine because we're Americans or whatever, but yeah. it was never good to begin with at Heathrow. One time we saw them shake Marilyn Manson down, wow. and I mean down to the ground. Really? And, uh, wow. Quite To be fair, Marilyn Manson's kind of a creep, but also uh, was wearing a PVC outfit and had hardware all over him, yeah. and they were just like, you, over here. That'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. On a long flight as well, a long haul flight mm. in PVC. I know, right? Yeah. How do you do it? It's like because I've seen Robert Smith on a plane, and you know he looks like Robert Smith on a plane. You know, yes. Yep. He was coming here to do a benefit or something because he was sitting across from me, and um, you know it's him because his hair is the same. <laughs> yeah, you see his hair first. Yeah, and then um, he was just wearing like you know, sweatpants and a t-shirt. Cause we're, you know, you're flying all day. It's like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Although uh, I determined that wearing a suit to fly is, uh, is good. We did a gig in Alaska in the before times and uh, I think it was like November of 2019 and we played Anchorage and Fairbanks and then we, or Fairbanks and Anchorage. And then we left Anchorage. We had an option, which was, there was like a midnight flight. I'm not kidding. From Anchorage to LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea why. And uh, uh, so they said to us, do you want to go the next morning, which is what we usually do. Uh, or do you want to just do the show, bring your gear with you and get on the plane? And we were all like, let's take the plane. So mm. uh, we brought our packed luggage with us to the gig, put it all in a van after, and all of us in our show clothes, and we were all wearing suits and ties. So it was like being with the Dave Clark Five at the airport, <laughs> right? We all kind of, here we come again. No. Catch us if you can. <laughs> So we all breezed in and we all got on the plane together in our suits, you know, in our bags. And it was fun mm. and slept in them. Nice. Just a long flight. <laughs> Anchorage is a million miles away. Uh, six or seven, like New York flight kind of thing. Okay. And, uh, Anchorage airport, uh, by the way, wide open at midnight. Oh. Everything open. Yeah. Mm. All the, all the bars, all the concessions, all nothing closed. It was great. I bought, coffee of all things wow uh again again we come back to coffee yeah everything comes uh, back to coffee doesn't it regardless right yeah and they had this little artisanal coffee place and i bought a bag of it and it was great hmm. and joel murray who i'm in the group with his brother's bill murray was scoffing at me and said you bought coffee in alaska and i said yeah because i'm thoughtful you dick <laughs> <laughs> Gave it to my wife. She loved it. I mean, you know, you don't want to make your wife happy. That's your fucking call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All it takes is a bag of coffee, doesn't it? Well, I mean, when you've been in Wade, also, like, you know, I got home at like six in the morning. You know, I walked in the door at like 7.30 in the morning, mm. which is a drag. No one wants to get up. You know, hi, you know. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm home. <laughs> I'm in my suit and I'm home. You yeah. Know? I'm in my wrinkled suit because I've been sleeping in it all night. Yeah, come and smell me. <laughs> right, I did a show and I've been on a plane. It kind of reminds me of some some nights when Emily, when you've gone out drinking on a works do or mm-hmm. something like that, and you come home at three in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. And the last time that happened, you were dressed as the penguin. Yeah, and <laughs> it's I looks like the penguin. No one wants that, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Like, That's uh, full veto. I'm not even going to ask why you were dressed like the penguin. I assume there was a really good reason. Well, she didn't leave dressed as the penguin, so. I'm not... <laughs> Which wow. is actually true. <laughs> That's a surprise. Hell of a night. Hell of a night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Friday, Greg. Let's move on. What was Friday? Friday, uh, we went uh, parasailing. Oh. Uh, over at um down at Huntington Beach and uh then there was some squid wrestling afterward. Oh, there was an good. argument about whether we should go to Catalina, but at the end we didn't go. No. I mean that's usually the way of things, isn't it? Squid wrestling, Catalina. They go together, don't they? Right. And that but uh, it's no one wanted to take the ferry over at night. It's uh, a long ferry ride. That's a shame. Who won the squid wrestling? 
it was a draw. Um, although one of the squid withdrew because they'd heard a tentacle. So I felt like they were kind of just sloughing it. Yeah. That's a shame. That's a real shame. Um, so we're yeah. going to move on to weekend. Uh, we're going to do that as a whole shebang both days. How was the weekend, Greg? Was it a good one? Did it bang? Was it great? We, uh, we're knitting this enormous, uh, um, uh, sort of v- vessel we're knitting a, a spanish caravel oh, yes. uh, from the six, 1500s and uh it just takes a, so much time but it's pretty engrossing um i re- determined about halfway through knitting this thing though that it, it's not going to float mm. because it's made mm. of yarn yeah yeah so i i need to rethink it i think i think you can it was get a little ambitious you can get waterproof yarn now i believe um, or a spray. Yeah, or a spray. Marilyn Manson uses that now. He because he's getting a bit older. He uses the woolly jumpers, but he, they're all waterproof just to keep right. them sweating when he's on those long flights. Yeah, he's a trendsetter. No, no question. I, I'd never thought of spraying my yarn. So, but then I think we're going to scrap the whole project and go another direction. Which is well, that's to be determined. Uh, we're uh, there's. I think there's a meeting scheduled for Friday. We're going to have curry and uh, <laughs> and discuss where we're going with the whole project and whether I I think that should just sink the fucker. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it's um, lovely to speak to you, Greg. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug while we've got you here? Sure. I'm doing a podcast. I don't know when this goes out, but I'm doing a podcast tomorrow, Friday at five o'clock Pacific. So it's sort of doable if you're in England. It starts a little late. Uh, and that's at gregproops.com. And then uh, my podcast, The Smartest Man in the World, that I do with my wife, that comes out generally Tuesdays, Mondays, Tuesdays. I've been super sluffy during the containment. Uh, but it comes out every week, and that's free. And then I have a stand-up show on the 30th of this month and on the 22nd. I have an improv show I'm doing with Ben Glebe. And then Whose Line Goes Back on the Road? In September, late September, uh, with me, Ryan Stiles, Joel Murray, and Jeff Davis, and that's all around Canada and the U.S. Uh, no, oh, we're not coming to England, but if you're in America, you can come see us. And then uh, I'll probably get over to Edinburgh next year. Mm. Usually I go every year, but this year is kind of ropey. So. Yeah, everything has gone up the, uh, the wazoo. Uh, I mean, 2000, yep. 2021 could be just written off, I think. It's just been completely pointless isn't it this year last year yeah. well largely i think it is i mean they're talking about having the olympics with nobody there now because they got ahead of themselves and decided to have them anyway yeah i mean they postponed yeah. it a year why not wait another six months i didn't even get it so now they didn't even get the revenue yeah i mean i've been waiting for these films to come out that's what i like i like all the movies but it, i see the odd trailer that comes out now and i go Oh yeah, I've forgotten all about that film. So I'm getting all this nice sort of wave of nostalgia from all these new releases that I haven't actually seen yet. So it's a very, very strange time. It is. The studio sat on everything for a year. They did. They did. They did. As as we all have. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have sat on everything. It's it's weird going out again, um, to work and stuff. It's just but but you know, it's exciting as well. Very exciting. I bet you can't wait to get on the road again, get back on stage. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, uh, it's driving me mad not doing it. 
but also I'm uh, anxious because yeah. uh, I think mm-hmm. that we've all been sort of traumatized by this. And uh, on top of that, we had that um, violent overthrow of the government thing that happened. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And no one, you know, we're trying to reckon that out now. And there's a, the group that did it is saying it didn't happen. So it's pretty weird. Uh, mm. and that To me, that makes it, 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 things not feel yeah. as smooth sailing. On the other hand, because our president and vice president now are so boss and deferential, uh, it's made everybody feel a lot better. So the heat got turned down. Absolutely. Um, we, yeah. we don't feel like a year ago at this time, literally people were losing their minds, mm-hmm. getting up in the morning, anxious, cross. Uh, and then in January of the year, uh, the the body count was ridiculous in California. So everything's a lot mm-hmm. better now. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I'm. I still feel anxious, like you said. Going back to work's weird. I think the first few weeks on the road for me are going to be weird because I live in airports and hotels, and I have my whole life, and I haven't done it in since March 9th of 2020. Mm. I haven't been anywhere near a plane or a hotel. Yeah, and I've been on the road for 30 years. You know, it's almost like everyone's taking so, an enforced yeah. break. <laughs> I'm. I'm a little nervous. What can I yeah, tell you? I know. If someone sneezes on me, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I agree with you completely um, with uh, Joe Biden, and uh, uh, I just think uh, when he was, I was watching him being sworn in, and he did his speech, and I I got all emotional because it was like a proper president again. It's like this is a grown man, a grown man, (laughs) an adult, and he's like who feels responsibility, and and he doesn't. It's not, will you do me a favor? None of that mob boss jazz. Uh, he's giving so much money to every state that states where people purport to hate him, are their lives will be made exponentially better because he's president. So yeah, the whole thing that he's some sort of doddering evil guy is this weird narrative that uh, the Republicans want to do. But then they've, they've disintegrated. Basically... They're like the Tories or whatever. They're just Nazis now. And that's really all they've got. They don't have plans or schemes or desires or joy or anything like uh, that. They they don't have a plan to do anything with America. They simply want to control America and be Nazis, yeah. which is a pretty weird stance mm-hmm. because you think, well, bridges are nice. You know, internet's nice. Jobs are nice. Yeah, yeah. Stimulus checks are nice. Those kind of things that he did, um, yeah. you know. Lots of things are nice, like having a gig. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other team just wasn't going to do that, man. They were not going to help, you know, not at all. They were going to make everyone feel as awful as humanly possible yeah. and uh, and send a weird paramilitary army to different cities to like beat up people and shoot them. So that's improved. Well, and that can only. Can only be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's traumatizing, and, and I don't yeah. think America's dealing with it. I, I don't think. I mean, I think we're dealing with it, but it's the scope of it is gonna. You know, your parents went through whatever they went through, and your grandparents went through whatever they went through, and there was giant traumatizing events, and uh, 
this is one of them. It's going to take several years for everyone to get their shit together yeah. over this one. Plus, never mind the health, the long-term COVID stuff, you know. Yeah. Not in Monday and on a bummer. Well, the good news is that we're getting vaccinated like mad. And, and then the next job is to get the yeah. rest of the world vaccinated. Yes. And then and we can talk about in a year things being normal or whatever the bloody that means. Yeah, I can't wait. I really can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it's it's happening. It's just happening slower than we. Oh, want. I know. And I mean, I, I obviously you've been following our government. You know how useless they've been as well. Oh God! <sighs> Health minister resigning, opening up, calling it Freedom Day, which is so yeah. right out I of know, the it's Republican Party handbook. Freedom. What freedom don't you have? Uh, you know. I mean, at the same time, they don't want to give people money or improve health care. You know, they're just. You know, I think Nicola Sturgeon has the right idea. Just chart your own course there and kind of yeah. ignore Westminster. Yeah, just <laughs> just watch the whole world burn around. I mean, that's that's how I feel about people that haven't been vaccinated. In a way, it's like, well, you've made your decision. Let's mm. see how this plays out. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, we've kind of made kind of landed on a bummer, but it's all good. Uh, f- <laughs> thank you so much, Greg. <laughs> thank you so much it's been a a lovely chat with you um and thank you so much for doing the the show cheers you guys yeah it's a pleasure emmy anything to add um no it's just been lovely to meet you well it was really fun and thank you for having me a pleasure uh my thanks to emmy weber and thanks again to greg proops i've been alex sifright and that was that was the week that was was it goodbye Like, are you feeling hungry? Then why not come to all of the places in California? That's right. Literally all of the places in California do food. And we won't bitch about the secret menu items like they do in the UK. Because that's pretty shitty. California. We have all the food. 